You're listening to the really useful podcast. This is the tech podcast for technophobes from makeusoft.com. I'm Christian Corley. This week's really useful podcast is an episode which is more or less devoted to the Raspberry Pi. We've got a collection of tips and tricks for Raspberry Pi beginners, Raspberry Pi experts, a look at the Raspberry Pi 5 and what it may entail and consist of, and um, just general Raspberry Pi talk. Uh, most of the conversation is between myself and Gareth Phillips, although Ben Stegner is also in this week's compilation of Raspberry Pi tips and tricks, most of which is new, but some of which you may have heard before. Let's kick it off. Are you hungry? I am, actually. Have you got anything to eat? <laughs> I've got a Raspberry Pi. Oh, oh, uh, yeah. So, do you know? I spent the weekend. Um, I'm reviewing something called the. Uh, it's got a beautiful name, the Pion Man. <laughs> it's a. Uh, like it's, a it. it's a case for the Raspberry Pi, and uh, there's been a couple of little um, quirky issues with it, which I'm trying to work through with the uh, the people who sent it, and uh, it got me thinking about all the various uses for a Raspberry Pi and I thought well what better way to uh, have a little chat about the Raspberry Pi than to go through some of these uses and then uh, maybe we'll have a little chat about them after so um, if you've got a Raspberry Pi computer and the, you know there's millions of them have been sold they're ridiculously popular I'm sitting on a desk at the moment with at least at least one Raspberry Pi on it hang on let me open the drawer two Raspberry Pis possibly three and that's just in this house i have to i have a spreadsheet so i know what all my raspberry pies are doing <laughs> um yeah so there's so many things you can do with the raspberry pi so i'm going to go through this list of uh, 19 p- potential projects for raspberry pi number one you can replace your desktop pc with a raspberry pi now I've, I've been trying this for a few years i tried it with the raspberry pi 3 it was good but not quite good enough but with raspberry pi 4 and raspberry pi 400 you can genuinely do this you need a little bit of extra storage, uh, USB drive or whatever, but it is possible. You can use a Raspberry Pi for printing. If you've got an old printer that doesn't have uh, wireless functionality, but it's a printer that you like using, maybe you've stocked up on ink and you don't want to throw the ink out or whatever, uh, you can connect a Raspberry Pi to it over USB and make it wireless and add it um, and then connect it wirelessly and print as you would with a more modern device. You can uh, set up Kodi, build a home media center the home theater pc or whatever with a raspberry pi you can also use raspberry pi to build a retro gaming machine uh, using recalbox or retro pi or any number of platforms you can use a raspberry pi as a minecraft game server you can use it to build a stop motion camera also make time-lapse video you can even use the raspberry pi to broadcast pirate radio on the fm band although that is an illegal act in most places without a license so <laughs> tread carefully there um you can build a web server with a raspberry pi you know install the server software on the pi you have got a web it's there 
You don't have to pay for hosting if you have a very modest website or blog. You use the Raspberry Pi. You can create a Twitter bot with a Raspberry Pi. You can create an inspiring digital photo frame with a Raspberry Pi and a display, perhaps the Raspberry Pi's own uh, approved touchscreen display. You can photograph the night sky with a Raspberry Pi and the no IR camera module. You could build a network monitoring tool uh, called NEMS. You could build a Raspberry Pi Plex server. In the old days, you could just use Raspberry Pi as a Plex client. You can now use it as a Plex server. Um, I mean, whether or not you actually want to use Plex these days or not, because it's gone a little bit uh, odd, is uh, another match entirely. You can stream live video with a Raspberry Pi camera, the Raspberry Pi, and a wireless connection direct to YouTube. You may want a microphone with that as well, though. Uh, you can... Yeah, one of the basic purposes of the Raspberry Pi was to teach kids how to code. You can do that. It comes with Scratch pre-installed. You can stream PC games to a Raspberry Pi. So if you've got like a smart TV but it doesn't have a Steam app, as increasingly they do, you can install um, the Steam app on a Raspberry Pi and stream it that way. Or there's other tools such as Parsec if your games aren't on Steam. You can use it to build a touchscreen smart mirror you can even just install games on the Raspberry Pi itself. And there are so many other things you can do. You could build a robot, you could build a drone, you could, um, I don't know, manage your train set with a Raspberry Pi. There's so many things you can do with it, Gavin. The one I've always wanted to do, which I've never done, I've done various things with Raspberry Pis, but the smart mirror one yeah. has always been like, just, oh, it just looks so cool. Because, um, you know, a mirror is something everyone has in their house, isn't it? You check yeah, it yeah. before you go out, you know, you do your hair, all that sort of stuff. But just being able to look on there and be like, oh, and the weather's going to be this. So I'll grab my coat without having to get your phone out for the umpteenth time that morning to check yeah. or whatever. So that's one that I've yeah, I've always looked at. I've looked at videos. In fact, the one linked in the article is the one I've, I've looked at a few times. I don't quite have enough... DIY skill uh, to put them together, although it, it doesn't look particularly difficult. Well, I, I mean, I don't. I'm not saying this is a diss, but James Bruce built one a few years ago. And I'm not saying if he can do it, you can, but um, the technology wasn't as polished for it this then <laughs> as it is now. So I do think it's probably a lot easier to do these days. Hope you're not listening, James. Um, <laughs> the one I've always wanted to do is the space program. Oh yeah. Very which good. is, um, f for your purposes, listener, is to um, bundle the Raspberry Pi into some, some sort of secure casing with a battery and various sensors attached and then attach it to a weather balloon and let it go. And you can get amazing footage and you can also get a lot of extra data and you can also attach phone equipment to the Raspberry Pi and then you'll be, you'll be able to sort of work out where it is. And also, it's will maintain a connection with uh, nearby towers and what have you up to uh, a, a certain height, better than you would do with having to just sort of like rely on it coming back down. So you can sort of get a bit of visual from what it's recording as it goes up. Maybe it's recording you or whatever. But, you know, if it's recording, it's got to start to the uh, SD card and then you'll be able to retrieve that when it lands. Assuming it doesn't land in the sea, of course. But, uh, yeah, so, I mean, I... I'm as I mentioned. I am reviewing this um, this tower. This little. I mean, it's called a tower. It looks like a tower. Obviously, it's for Raspberry Pi. It's absolutely tiny, but it does have. I was very interested to see. It has an M2 uh, SATA SSD slot, and I have uh, an M2 SATA 
SSD with the um, I can't I can't remember what the three different keys are, but it's the one that's least popular, and it fits this. So I finally found a use for that uh, M SATA stick, which is nice. M2 stick, I beg your pardon, which is nice. So eventually, I'm hoping I'll be able to uh, boot the Raspberry Pi directly from that and then uh, be even faster than it is to start with. We're going to stick with the Raspberry Pi because, um, as I've obviously mentioned, various hosting things in there. And there are various things that you can do with a Raspberry Pi to take yourself away from proprietary services, such as Google. Actually, mostly Google. Uh, our colleague David Rutland's compiled a list of um, self-hosted alternatives to proprietary services you can run on a Raspberry Pi. And this is quite good. Now, I am going to give this a uh, a slight sort of caveat. Is I've tried a couple of these, and they weren't as simple to set up as I might have hoped they were. But um, as far as I know, I didn't use the same techniques as David. So, uh, first of all, you can replace Google Docs and Google Drive with NextCloud. You can use your own mail server on a Raspberry Pi rather than using Gmail. You can get rid of Google Photos and use Photo Prism instead. You can ditch your hosting provider in favor of uh, running WordPress. Uh, you know, I refer to this um, the possibilities of using the Raspberry Pi as a web server already in this podcast. So that, that is really definitely an option for you. There is, I mean, Hosting is really affordable these days, but, you know, there's overheads, there's time management overheads with it as well. There's remembering to pay the bills, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. And if you can just do it on a Raspberry Pi that you own and uh, route external connections to the Raspberry Pi, you might as well do that. It's going to be a lot simpler. Uh, instead of Google Analytics, you can use a tool called Matomo. This is a new one on me, which I might be checking out for my various web projects. You can use fresh RSS rather than Google to collect news information as well. And you can uh, use Jellyfin instead of Netflix. We just moved away from Google there, as you noticed. And you can use Audio Bookshelf rather than Audible to listen to audiobooks. There's a lot of good selections there. I, I'd forgotten about Jellyfin. I was looking at Jellyfin a few months ago, and I thought it was reasonably good. Um because it it's self-hosted, so I was going to say, is it more similar to a like a more of a Plex type situation yeah, where you yeah. you host a server and you stream it around your house and what have you? Absolutely, yes. But uh, its user interface has improved loads recently, so I'm liking the way it now looks. But uh, yeah, there's some good suggestions in there. I um, do you know what? It's just a matter of um, news feeds. And do you remember that old um, iGoogle? Was it iGoogle? Google, the old Google homepage where you could configure it and have all your news feeds and maybe a game and perhaps a slideshow or a look at your photos or whatever. And you could rearrange how the display looked. It's like It was like a configurable version of the old Yahoo homepage or the old Google homepage, I suppose. Do you remember that? Yeah. I, yeah. Think I vaguely recall it. I, I loved it. I used it extensively. I was absolutely gutted when they got rid of it. Oh, yeah, another one on the um, yes <laughs> Google trash heap, which we've talked about many times before. Yeah, Interestingly, so, yeah, iGoogle.com does forward to Google.com, so, yeah, no, they, they know what they did. Yeah, discontinued November 2013, so quite a while. God, was it that long ago? Yeah. Good Lord, I've been, I've been doing without it for 10 years. <laughs> that sounds like a completely different complaint. 
Raspberry Pi 5 is expected. It would be the follow-up device to the Raspberry Pi 4. The Raspberry Pi itself launched back in 2012, and over the years there have been various uh, uh, new versions. The Raspberry Pi, every, a lot of people seem to be gearing up for a Raspberry Pi 5, but really there probably isn't going to be one in 2023 at all. No one knows any details about it, apart from the fact that there will probably be a Raspberry Pi 5 at some point. Um, but a uh, recent interview with the Raspberry Pi's um, head honcho, Eben Upton, stated that uh, 2023 is a recovery year and that we should not expect a Pi 5 in 2023. Now, if you don't know, the Raspberry Pi is a small credit card-sized computer. I'm holding one in my hand right now, which is um, capable of running the Linux operating system. Indeed, the Raspberry Pi 4, which I is the exact model I'm holding right now, can also run a version of Windows. Uh, it comes with uh, four USB ports, an Ethernet port, built-in Wi-Fi, built-in Bluetooth, and is capable of doing everything from running retro games to uh, managing space projects, no really, and even um, uh, media center stuff. There's all sorts of things you can do. Robotics, um, there's different versions. There's a small one, the Raspberry Pi Zero, which is about a third of the size. Um, you can hook up a uh, small camera to it and use it as a nature camera you can use a raspberry pi for a home server for a smart home hub for uh, managing your greenhouse uh the, the list the list is in there's even a way of integrating it with lego so uh, yeah raspberry pis are great now over the past few years with um um, lockdowns and supply chain issues, Raspberry Pi availability has been a bit of a problem. The Raspberry Pi 4 is currently retailing at over, uh, over $100, which given it was released at about $60 or $70, depending on the version, uh, there's obviously um, a bit of a markup there, and availability has reduced as well to match that price. Raspberry Pi 4 has... Uh, you know, it comes in 8 gigabyte and 4 gigabyte and 2 gigabyte models. It's likely the Raspberry Pi 5 will probably come in 8 gigabyte and 16 gigabyte models, but $99 would seem to be a rather a uh, conservative estimate for its baseline price, should it ever appear. There's a lot to say about the Raspberry Pi and the Raspberry Pi 5, which is, uh, this is going to be news to Gavin, which is why we're doing this Raspberry Pi special. Um <laughs> I am really surprised, though, Christian, that uh, there is talk of a Raspberry Pi 5 now, given the ongoing supply chain issues that have been plaguing... I mean, not just Raspberry Pi, it's the whole issue with uh, with, with uh, computer chips in general, isn't it? It's yeah. been affecting uh, graphics cards, um, like electric cars especially. God, they've been really struggling. Um, but it seems to me that until those supply chain issues are resolved, producing uh, a new Raspberry Pi that's probably going to cost... Well, in my mind, it's going to have to cost significantly more than the previous version. Um, I agree. It seems a bit odd to me. It it is strange. Um, I I guess I mean they've said um, Eben Upton up the Eben Upton has said that twenty twenty three is a recovery year. So I can't see it happening before twenty twenty four. The problem with that is, um, as I state in the article, and of course uh, everything we mentioned in the show is um, linked in the show notes to the uh, relevant material. He has said that 2023 is a recovery year, but they always drop them with very little warning anyway. For instance, the Raspberry Pi 20W came out in 20, 
2020, I think? No, 2021. No one was expecting it at all. It came out basically in the middle of a lockdown. Um, and, you know, there it was, available to use with built-in Wi-Fi. It's basically a Raspberry Pi 3, um, only stripped down without all the USB ports and everything, um, apart from, uh, you know, micro-USB. And it was, you know, it came without warning. Previous versions, Raspberry Pi, either the B Plus or the 2, also came with very little warning unless you were on the inside. So um, I wouldn't be... Uh, just drop that one. That's not one not working anymore. Only joking. Um, so, um, you know... <laughs> It's it's very likely that this could happen again. Yeah, so I wouldn't like to say there's not going to be one in 2023. I w it wouldn't surprise me if one did drop. Um, so do you think that people should look for alternatives to the Raspberry Pi? Because I'm guessing... I don't, I don't know this, but I, I'm guessing that the prices um, and the chip shortages are affecting what people would consider Raspberry Pi alternatives. There are various alternatives that have been suggested over the years. And uh, more recently, there's things like them. There's the, the banana pie. There's also, uh, there's, some, there's a thing called the... <laughs> uh, is it, I, know, I think it's called Le Potato or something like that. <laughs> Hopefully it doesn't run like one. <laughs> yeah, well, um... yeah. Um, Five Raspberry Pi alternatives you need to know about in 2022. That might it might be in there. There's the Odroid C4. There is the Banana Pi B Pi M5. There's the Lenovo Think Center, which is an ARM-based computer on an SBC. There looks like uh, there's the Raspberry Pi Pico, which isn't really an alternative because it's a small uh, sort of RP2040 processor on a on a board. Um, there is I think is it Le Potato? I'm gonna I'm just gonna have to double check this Le yeah. Potato. Yes, it's I real. remember. Le Potato is a thing. <laughs> it's from Libre Computer, and it is genuinely called Le Potato. The AML-S905X-CC uh, with... Uh, he's called Le Potato. I love it. And it does a lot of the stuff that a Raspberry Pi will do, but it also has a few features Raspberry Pi doesn't have, such as uh, an EMMC connector, which I think will be a feature of... I'd be very surprised if it's not um, a feature of uh, future Raspberry Pi models. But, uh, yeah, Le Potato is a, a, a strong alternative. It's, uh, it, it's, it's open source as well, so it's, it's very much um, a popular option with uh, certain groups. Very good. I think if there are alternatives, then people can still use them for the... For the most of the projects that um, you would traditionally consider a Raspberry Pi to be to be part of. There are plenty, indeed. And, uh, you know, if budget is a problem, then the Raspberry Pi Zero is... Um, the original came out and it was $5. It wasn't even $5. It was free on the front of a magazine, <laughs> um, basically. Uh, the Raspberry Pi Zero 2W is probably around $30. Um, and it is a very good alternative, unless you have very specific high-end requirements, um, in which case one has to ask why you're using a Raspberry Pi if you have high-end requirements. Uh, but that's another matter entirely. Uh, so, yeah, that's the Raspberry Pi 5. Probably not coming in 2023. Might come in 2024. But then again, you know, it could come tomorrow. That's the way they do things. <laughs> ben, what did you do at the weekend? Oh, well, this past weekend, I actually went camping with my family, as I mentioned, with the fall weather. Ah. Uh, it was a nice time. We were away from Monday was Columbus Day, so we were away from Sunday to Monday. And, yeah, it was nice. We had perfect weather and had a nice time. 
Yeah. We used to well, go camping years ago when I was a kid and a teenager. We went camping yeah. with a tent, um, which is fun, but comes with its own issues. Um, so we even the last year and this year, we went to a state park with a cabin area. So it's really nice to have the cabin because you can enjoy a fire at night and cook food that way. But then you you know have a fridge and beds inside. So it's a nice time. Oh, sounds nice. Sounds nice. Um, I was messing around with a raspberry pie at the weekend. And I, why do you know what I did? I inst- I turned my Raspberry Pi. One, I'm not sure which model it was. Now it was a Raspberry Pi four. I turned a Raspberry Pi four into a tiny DOS gaming PC. Okay, which is sounds fancy. It, it's kind of cool. Basically, what happened is a few months ago I stumbled across this thing called the WC. Okay, which is a device that uses something called a Vortex eight six system on chip, which has an eight. Uh, an x86 architecture and that is combined with a custom designed board they're difficult to get hold of basically uh, it also needs a specific case with it as well now the custom board gives you um, an sd card it gives you the old style um, pc game controller and a ps2 keyboard slash mouse input you can with with that you get an authentic classic pc ms dos environment because it's that is essentially what that system is it's it's a pc on a chip almost you know a 90s or 80s or 90s ibm compatible pc on a chip now i don't have the money to get hold of one of those and i'm not the best solderer in the world either so i would need it assembling but there's this project called dosbian there's a thing called um dosbox which uh, i'm sure you've heard of ben which is a uh, DOS emulator for Windows. It's available for Linux, available for Android. You can get on pretty much anything. Now, what a gentleman called uh, Carmelo Maiolino has done is combine uh, DOSBox with uh, the Debian operating system, Linux-based operating system. So basically, it's minimal Debian, and you install it, and it boots up directly into a version of DOSBox. He's called it Dosbian. But it basically means that you can turn your Raspberry Pi into like a tiny DOS PC. So you can play all these classic games. So that's what I did. <laughs> that's what I was doing. And was, was it a good time? It was, was fun. It, yeah. Okay. It's, um, it has some things installed, pre-installed. I got to play uh, Doom and Wolfenstein 3D without uh, before I even got to install any of the other stuff. Yeah, it's nice when they have stuff pre-installed. It harkens back to... I, I'm, I'm a sucker for like pack-in games with systems. Makes me happy. So Yeah. It's um that's like a nice, well I guess it's not really a blast from the past because systems still do that sometimes, but it makes me happy. I think the most important thing about this is, I mean, that, the fact that it included games isn't unusual with um, any project that attempts to relive a classic classic gaming uh, environment. You know, the um, Recal Box, Retro Pie, all those things, um, Lacquer, Batosira, they all have games pre-installed. Tip often it's Doom, but what I noticed about this Dosbian is that it was so easy to do. I was seriously, it, I mean, it took about 10 minutes at the most from the point where I put the SD card in my PC and started downloading the image to the point where I was booting it up and into this DOS environment. And, you know, there's a hell of a lot of great games from the old days. You know, they're not to the same graphical standard as nowadays. Strategy games in particular uh, I think have uh, stood the test of time more than some FPSs. But then again, I mean, who doesn't want to play Doom? Yeah, I was going to say, I was looking at the guide here and it does seem 
pretty straightforward, even though I haven't really had too much experience with this. It looks faster than when I got a Raspberry Pi years ago. The only thing I really set it up for was as like a Super Nintendo emulator. So okay. I put a bunch of, of ROMs I had on it. And I think that took me longer than this guide seems to be. But that was also because I'm new to it. So I'm sure it'd be faster if I w- was more experienced. So that's what I did at the weekend anyway. we um, Anyone can do this. It's free to do. So if you've got a Raspberry Pi, I'm pretty sure there is a version of this which will run on pretty much any raspberry pi it will run on the raspberry pi 1 raspberry pi 0 the raspberry pi 2b the raspberry pi 3b 3b plus the 3a plus the 4b and the raspberry pi 400 so pretty much any raspberry pi that you can get your hands on you can run dospian on it we will uh, conclude our tips and tricks with a look at Raspberry Pi projects for beginners. If you don't know what a Raspberry Pi project is, or if you don't know what a Raspberry Pi computer is, I should say, um, it's been around for around 10 years now, is a compact credit card-sized computer that you can do lots of things with, from building a media center to uh, running your own space program. I just not. There are many projects that you can use to get started with the Raspberry Pi. It also doubles as a standard computer as well. You could, you know, um, if any of you work from home and you dial in to uh, Citrix or any other sort of uh, virtualization system like that, the Raspberry Pi can handle that. Certainly the Raspberry Pi 4 models, uh, at least. It is an incredibly versatile little device. And it does a lot more besides... There, if you're just getting hold of one and you wanted to play around with some of its non-computing features, I've compiled a list of 10 things that you could do. The first thing, you could add a button to the Raspberry Pi because incredibly, even now, 10 years later, the standard Raspberry Pi does not come with a power button. You, you could just yank the cable out. You can just yank the cable out, although it, because it has a micro SD card, it's safer to just type a command shut down so it does it safely otherwise you end up corrupting your data Uh, you can control LED lights with the Raspberry Pi you can build a Pi powered motion sensor and alarm now you could use that in anger as it were as your own security system or you could just use it as an an appreciation of how those such systems work you can add any type of button to the Raspberry Pi it doesn't have to be a power button it could just be a button that's uh, just does something it has a list a a collection of pins an array of uh, 40 pins called gpio that uh, controls all manner of things and uh, you can even use a raspberry pi to make your old non-wireless printer wireless Mm. you can make music with a raspberry pi with a piece of software called sonic pi you can build a network game server you can host Minecraft games, you can host Quake games, and many other types of games besides. With the Raspberry Pi 4 and the Raspberry Pi 400, which is basically a Raspberry Pi 4 inside a keyboard, you can connect dual 4K monitors. You can use a Raspberry Pi to build a cryptocurrency price ticker. In fact, it doesn't have to be cryptocurrency price ticker. It could be any currency price ticker, any kind of news ticker as well, if you've got a suitable feed. And you can even give your Raspberry Pi its own display rather than plug it into HDMI using just an Android tablet, uh, using uh, virtual remote software, uh, VNC software. So, yeah, I mean, th- those are all basic things you can do with the Raspberry Pi. There's a far more uh, advanced things that you can do as well. 
Well, that brings us to the end of this week's really useful podcast. This is and continues to be the tech podcast for technophobes from makeuseof.com. If you have any suggestions for us to discuss in future, then by all means, uh, get in touch with us via Twitter. You'll find our handles in the show notes, along with everything else that we have discussed. We'll be back for another podcast next week. Until then, it's goodbye from us.